Hi, this is Bernie Torrance. And I'm Carol Yoder, and we'd like to invite you to our program called Living Stones. It's time to move from being a stepping stone to a living stone. God loves you and has a plan for your life. Remember, God doesn't waste anything. You're created to be a believer, walking in wisdom and values. Well, Carol, how exciting that we're looking at this seventh vow today, the uh, vow of self-control. And it's the one attributed to me in the story. And I remember writing the book with Nestor and how important this was because it's uh, it's based on the premise of learning to say no. What's the descriptor that comes from the Living Bible? All right, it goes like this. Yeah. A man without self-control is as defenseless as a city without walls. Do not follow the example of the wicked. Avoid their haunts, for evil men don't sleep until they've done their evil deeds. Above all else, guard your affections, for they influence everything else in your life. One of the keys to this whole book is the fact that not only is there a principle or a pillar, but there's also a vow that we make because there's an enemy. And the enemy here is the enemy of excess. Mm. And I love how in the Bible it says, above all else, guard your affections for they influence everything else in your life. Uh, you know, we think of influence being leadership, and that means that our affections can lead us into things and places that uh, maybe we weren't uh, to be part of. Mm -hmm. And I'm so thrilled to have my son here today because this is my son, Nate, and his career has been one where he's been around a, a lot of excesses <laughs> in <Yeah>. life. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about Nate Torrance. Yeah, yeah, no, I am a uh, actor and voiceover actor in Hollywood. I've been doing that for the last 20 years. I uh, moved from home in, uh, in 2000 and yeah, have been able to, I started off in commercials um, and then slowly got myself into television and then film and and then uh, cartoons and TV still. And so it's been a crazy journey. Now, one of the things in the Torrance family has been that concept of excess because God has blessed us. Mm -hmm. And uh, in, early in, in your life, I remember we would say, uh, the kids would come home and they say, Dad, we have this or this. Or someone at school said we were rich. And I said, no, no, we are blessed. Do you mm. remember those yeah, no, concepts? Totally. Because riches are, are the stuff. But exactly. blessing is what God wants to confer on people and you being the youngest you kind of grew up in that yeah you know it's it's funny because you have to tread lightly because you're labeling things that some people don't have and so to say oh excess is bad it's like well you're you're coming from a place of having you're, you're coming from a place that you've already experienced this some people haven't and um and that's where it can get tricky because very quickly it almost sounds cliche or naive but to realize wow those are not things to seek they're actually things to abstain from and be very weary of of that of that calling of putting that toward what i want to achieve in life what what i do think is the definition of success now one of the things in in our life the word abstinence when you said abstain from because that mm -hmm. that is such a word yeah. of your generation because yeah. it dealt with abstaining from sex yeah but there's a lot of things that you've had to abstain from yeah. in the life of nate torrance it's funny that you point out because if i ever accidentally say that word to anybody they're like what are you talking about and i'm like oh whoops you know it's like a little not even christianese but it's a heavy word it's it's a heavy word because it means to draw a line in the sand and say this isn't about like uh what i can and maybe can't do this is like it 
this can't happen. I can't do this for this period of life. Abstaining. It's what I always, I love to have this conversation because it is so linked to sexuality and sex that it's like sex is the only sin. That's only a sin for a, a moment in your life. Once you're married, that's allowed. What other sin can you say that when you go, Oh, I'm allowed. I'm not allowed to do this. And all of a sudden I'm allowed to do it. I'm allowed to, Oh, I can't murder. Now I can murder. I can lie, but I can't lie. But now I can lie. No, it's sex. And that, that's why I think that word, there's something about abstaining, which means you've got to prove or commit to something before I will allow you to have the benefits of this. And I think that's where all of excess lies. It's, it's the idea. There's this line I love in a movie that's that, uh, yeah, when someone tries to give the city of Rome to this soldier and he says, with all my heart, no. And the, and the Caesar replies, that's why you're the only one that can do it. Because you've proven to me this is not a temptation. Now I can give you Rome. And that's how I kind of look toward all of it. <laughs> As I was being mentored by John Schrock, we had a lot of, um, we called them Jesus freaks. Mm-hmm. And that you, you met many of them come around the house and everything. Mm-hmm. And they were evangelistic because, boy, when they got saved, they were saved out of something. Mm-hmm. And I remember this one young lady that wanted to minister in the bars. Mm-hmm. And her name was Jeannie. And she, she came in and she says, I'm going to take Bible tracts out. And this weekend, I'm going to minister in the bars and John Schrock said, Jeannie, you are not ready to go minister <laughs> in the bars. And, and this wisdom here, it says, do not follow the example of the wicked, avoid their haunts for evil men don't sleep until they've done their evil deeds. And I think that's what John was warning mm-hmm. her and us of is that be careful that, that there's some temptations that may get you from behind. Yeah, no, that's, I a hundred percent agree with that. Uh, a quote I heard once was the idea of, um, it's not about the talents that you have. That's not why God will ever bless you. It's when you can convince him that you can morally with, uh, take in the blessing. You know, it's the idea, are you ready morally for what you're about to be, uh, about to be introduced to? It has nothing to do with your talents are ready for it. If your opportunity is ready for it, it's no, can I trust you with this blessing? Um, and that's where it has to come from on your knees, mm. uh, especially next level. Like I do believe because self-control and excess, there are these things where it's next level thinking where it's like, yes, you have to, you have to approach life with, um, hard work, uh, morality. Those are, those are the basics of like, I can't teach this message of abstaining to someone who has a hard time with laziness, idleness, uh, anxiety, you know, like, like not that those are bad things, but those are things you have to deal with and get control of. And then God's going to say, okay, now you have a drive and now you have a work ethic, but now I'm going to ask you to abstain. Now I'm going to ask you to not go after excess. So it's not that I'm saying I live on a next level, but I'm very aware of a next level. And that's what I'm striving to. It's foundational. It's foundation. And then you build on top of that. That's my, at least, uh, observation of it. Yeah, you know, in a previous podcast, we talked about how when you're faithful with little, then God can give you more. And my view of that was always about talents Mm -hmm. or, you know, things that we have. But when we view it in light of that abstaining or self-control or Mm self-government, it's like God also, when we're faithful, in those small tests, what did you call them? Mm-hmm. Test commands. Test commands. Mm-hmm. That then there's more that can come. There's more that can come. But I wanted you to address mm-hmm. just that word, because uh, you're talking about abstaining. We're talking about self control. Mm-hmm. 
And because it's not something you can do for someone else. Mm. So how do you how do you see that? What what is happening in you, Nate, when you're making mm. that decision for self control? What is the process uh, maybe that you're going through inside? Yeah. I think first and foremost, there is an idea of putting peace above all things. Um, you can you can hope and pray for a, you know this verbal contact with this creator and living God that, that will talk to us, but sometimes it's not that easy. And then we're faced to make a decision that is, oh, well, if it's going to benefit me, be it financially, be it fame, power, uh, uh, should I be uh, more fearful of making that decision? Or does that mean, oh, no, that's God blowing the doors open and he's going to bless me. I think all of it comes down to this still quietness of saying, do I have peace? Do mm. I have peace? And I have learned, at least from my calling, because that's the thing I can't say for everyone, but for my calling, it is, I had a friend give me this word picture where he said, here's a piece of art and there's this piece that's missing from it. And it's right in the middle. And for so long, you've been trying to figure out how do I get to this next level by what, what do I need to add to my character, to my integrity to finish this puzzle? So I'm ready for the next level. And, uh, and the answer was, it's never to be filled. Self-control is about what we withhold, what we take out of ourselves, what we, we don't fill it with. We have Mm. to leave this hole that says, (laughs) I don't Mm. know, maybe a good way to, good way to even word it is to say, if we're called to success, I believe that we should always be a little less than what our opportunities were given to us because that means we've had to say no. (laughs) We've exercised this opposite spectrum. It's a little less than what our opportunities are because there is just, it's easy to get famous. It's easy to have success. Lie, cheat, and steal. That's the Mm -hmm. truth. I mean, we can say, we can say all we want of, oh, it's hard work. It's whatever. No, if you're willing to lie, cheat, and steal a little, it's pretty easy to get rich in this world. If you're talking about just monetary gain, so now I say, where are your lines? And when are you saying, I won't turn, I will turn this down. I won't. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rye, I loved when he talked about the parking ticket. Mm-hmm. When I was like, this is $25. Am I going to let this define me? And now we take that and say, what am I doing with that $2.5 million contract? Mm-hmm. What am I doing when it's a career backslide where I might have to lose my representation or lose a contact because I'm actually standing up for not going to a strip club (laughs) or, you know, I mean, those are large things, but that's some of the things that I've definitely felt with where, where, where am I willing to, it's not about offending, but where am I willing to just draw my lines? You know? Wow. That's beautiful. In Galatians, it says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Mm. And I think that's beautiful in the context of what you're saying is that there's freedom in self-control. There's freedom in restriction. We think of that as going to prison, Uh right? Like, oh, you're restricting, I'm restricting. But there's freedom. Oh, it's absolutely. And it's so cool, Carol, because I actually thought of this when I was preparing. I don't know if you remember this or not, but a long time ago when we were going to church, you were in a sketch that me and Jay wrote, and it was about the fruits of the Spirit, and it was the choir. Do you remember? Love, joy, peace, patience. (laughs) And I was, I, uh, because I, when I come to self-control, I'd heard this quote, and I lived this quote. It was one of those weird things where I had this revelation, wrote it down, and then had an author 
read it back and actually say that all fruits flow through self-control out of all the fruits every one of them is through self-control and these are not it's exactly what you're saying this is not restriction it's the opposite of joy is anger the opposite of faithfulness is anxiety and paranoia the opposite of kindness is being mean so in the process of saying god is giving me these tiny seeds in my life that are gifts that i'm going to operate it is self-control to which gives me my place on that spectrum that is that is all up to me now that is the water on each of those seeds that i am in charge of and self-control gives me that that power and it is, it's absolute freedom. I'm in control of those fruits and how they grow. One of the uh, discussions we had was the concept of fame. Mm. And I remember you making the comment that uh, fame is probably the most powerful drug that there is. Yeah. And when you think of how that works, uh, how, how does it work in your life? Yeah, I actually, I read a book that was given to me. Uh, I forget what it was called. I think Massive Swelling, but it was basically taking in fame and dissecting it. And they actually do a chapter where they re, re, um, they compare the rush of the red carpet and the adrenaline that is to actually to heroin. <laughs> like they were like, they actually used that, 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 that deep of a drug to be like, this is something that can be addictive. It is something our bodies are chemically reacting to, let alone emotionally, spiritually, whatever, let alone if you're then labeling that as success it's like oh no again going back to that with all my heart no i gotta be aware of this i gotta be aware of my intake of this and fame is is a beast i have watched uh more friends deal with that more than any honestly i've had i mean it sometimes the the reaction to fame leads to drugs but i would say if you're really choosing it it's 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 the i need more of it or I miss having so much of it. My. And that's, it's, it's devastating. And that's everyone that's in entertainment. That's every human being on earth. Like it or not, we are going to, we're doing a podcast right now. In, in 10 years, do people still want to listen to your podcast? Oh, that's going to be a tough loss. Athletes, my knees are going to go bad. Am I going to get a job at ESPN to be an announcer? No, I'm just back here. There's a fulfillment that you have to keep on pulse that I consistently say, with all my heart, no, and then I, that makes that make, gives me freedom, and then it's like, no, now I'm in control of this. Now I'm controlling my outcome and my reaction to it. That I think, is spectacular. Uh, yeah, I think it's interesting because even in the studies that we see today for young people, likes, you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. anybody oh. knows what that social media like, and again, it's not on that level, but it's the same reaction chemically mm -hmm. and so that's really interesting so i think this is you know this can be applied in so many ways mm. but it's a beautiful concept in the vow itself nate it says that excess destroys people families and nations the six vows that we've looked at so far uh, all provide the strong foundation but excess will protect it and you brought that in that that is the one it's just like the fruits of the spirit are. Mm, yeah. Are, no, I like, thought of that, that self-control, that self-control is actually just as we can say the fruits of the spirit. I do believe it on the seven pillars as well. And I looked at that. I took a picture of that and I'm like, oh, that's a, that's a perfect image of what we're talking about. I always, I had this recently in a journal. Um, I'm, I'm going through a build right now. And so I'm very aware of, of structural terminology. And we talk about the foundation. We talk about the cornerstone and I've been, living the idea that, and this is just like Nate Torrance, book of Nate Torrance Revelation, don't know how it matches, but we always say self-control 
as a foundation, but it's or a cornerstone, but I believe it's a capstone too. Mm. It finishes something mm. and it allows for the next level. And I read then somewhere that the definition of a capstone is actually the, it's also, the, it's the, it's what you put on top of a grave. And I'm like, what a beautiful, this and no more. That's my, an altar, anything. It's self-control saying, I say this and no more. This is where I make my stand. And I, I put to death something. I kill something. And that's what self-control does. We say not for, not for my sake, not for what I want to achieve. This isn't a sacrifice. This is actually me saying for what I know I can be given. I freely now put this to bed and I can now build on a capstone not just a cornerstone. <laughs> oh, that's powerful. When we interviewed Nestor, that was one of the things that, that he lived a life of yeses. Mm. I mean, he wanted, there were so many desires, but when it hit him, his name is Nestor Ochoa, N-O. Oh, that's and awesome. how no <laughs> was, was modified four times in his life that he said, my family, I have no's everywhere I go. Nestor Ochoa, Nali Ochoa, Nelvin yeah. Ochoa, Nicole Ochoa. It was like God had to tell him four times, yeah. it's no. When when do you deal with the no? Yeah. Yeah. Well, one, I want to say that when I was listening to his podcast, it gave me goosebumps because I say my answer was no because the first commercial campaign I ever got that gave me was the answer is always no. It was the first time that was being said. That was my catchphrase. Was I said no all the time. And as I started down that 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 commercial led to everything I have. That led to my new agents, that led to movies, that led to film because I did well. I won an award. I got on talk shows because people loved that commercial. And I was like, who would have thought that from this point on I'd be defined by what I say no to? <laughs> but um but yeah. So anyway, so when I was hearing his, I'm like, wow, how cool that as your son and as his he's your spiritual son almost yeah. in a way, you know, I'm like, oh, we kind of have the same story that uh this word no has meant more to uh to us than than the word yes. So did you define your no before you went into the world of yeses? I remember this is what's funny. And and again, this is me being honest and open. Uh before we left, I was, I was 21 years old. I had just got married and I, the first time I felt no was all on the sexual aspect. I was like, I'm about, cause this is before real internet was bad. And I'm like, if I'm going to be called to LA, I got to prepare myself for what that, what temptations could be there. And I mean, I'm, you know, just out of youth group kind of thing. And you know, that was my heaviest topic where I'm like, and I was very open with my wife about where I'm like, I, I've never even been to a place that has this kind of, uh, strip clubs, like I mentioned that before, or something, you know, just anything. And even at that age, I remember being aware of what I was going to dip myself into. And to to be like, that's not the calling. The calling is cleaning that off. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, I, I, I feel you can be called into any area. That's the difference between Sodom and Gomorrah and Nineveh. Yeah, it's like, I believe Hollywood's the Nineveh. I'm called into it. I'm called into something. We can all be called into business depths. But just because you get the calling doesn't mean you can't be aware of what you got to wash off and what you got to be like, whoa, 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 this and no more. <laughs> you know, I'll go to this party. But this starts happening. I'm out. You ask me this, I gotta say no. You know, and you lose you lose friendships. You're you are a walking offense. That's what I've learned about no. I don't even have to do anything. I don't even have to say anything. My not participating is enough to offend. And so, but that's the missionary's heart. That's so interesting. When you said that, what I heard was you're walking a 
offense. Oh, wow. And yeah. and I was, then you said, you know, you you can't offend people. Uh, and that's so, funny. That's hilarious. Yeah. That, uh, that, that the word offense and yeah. offense is, <laughs> yes. yeah, that's pretty much right Similar. on. Similar. <laughs> you got to decide which side you're mm-hmm. going to, you can't ride the fence. Yeah. No, no. That's, I think everyone is allowed. This is, this is when I ever, whenever I talk to, I get a lot of calls about people who are especially seeking out their gifts and talents in a creative way. I say, don't let anyone else define what your areas are. There's law that's black and white, but you are allowed to have your own experience and own grace. Me as a married man is very different than a single guy. As far as what he can and can't do, whatever. There's so much. And there's this God, is it's such a grace filled process, but you have to label those things and you have to say, I promise I won't. I, I, I know at least in this season of my life, I'm going to not do these things. And I do encourage anyone, don't let anyone else influence what those areas and um, actions might be, but you better be thinking of them. You can't just ignore it, you know, because that's when it is. When, when will you call the calling? When will you justify God's calling on your life by success? Like, oh, he must, he must want me to do this. It's too big of a door to open. I have got to give the, the, the small voice and say, mm. before I walk through, I'll run through this thing, God. But I'm giving you the answer. And if it, usually it's not even an answer. It's peace. Mm. And that's when I go, you didn't interrupt me. I'm going to keep on running, you know. Mm. And then, you know, and then you deal with other people's judgments of that. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was my question is, you know, when you're exercising self-control, because again, that's about self. Do other people, what do you feel in the judgment realm yeah. with that and grace? Like mm-hmm. you mentioned judgment and grace. That, yeah, that was a real learning that takes that takes 10 years to even get it because you're dealing with whatever your personality is how much of a people pleaser you are uh in, in your in your personality some people don't have any problems with it i had also a wife that i could bounce off and and say i i i have a sentence i live by that i i, I won't I won't do anything that I don't think my kids or my wife wouldn't be proud of. Like that's definitely a, something that really guides me where I'm like, is this going to be something I'm going to risk them losing respect for me? Don't ever do that. That's a very easy question that I start off with. But then after that, Oh, I have plenty from the church, from the world. Um, you know, a lot of people thinking I should do these decisions or be, you know, more counterculture driven. Why would you even, you know, try or, and, I think at first I wanted to please them. Then the second one was it made me sad. And now I just like give grace. Like I'm like, oh, this isn't your calling. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not without being mean or like, like overbent, but to be like, well, that's why you're not called to it. And that's okay. And, and, it, but I don't need to defend myself. I'm, I'm too rooted into it. I used to have a little bit of edge to me where I'd be like, how much have you prayed about that decision? <laughs> I know how much I did. Have you? Cause it sounds like you're just asking me, but you got to weed that, that voice back a little bit. <laughs> wow. One other thing that I wanted to talk about and you mentioned there, and that's the family. When you went out to, to Hollywood and, and, uh, as your dad, and I know, I know the heart of your mom, that was mm-hmm. a, that was a hard July day that yeah. you pulled out with all of your possessions in the back of that truck, <laughs> headed out and, uh, and you made a left and we thought you should go right. And Ryan says he's lost already. I mean, we, we just thought but to, to watch your life and, and then to watch your wife, mm. because there is something that Christy has brought into your life mm-hmm. in Hollywood and in fame where somehow, 
uh, her temperament was able to just see through mm. so much of that smoke yeah. and screen. Uh, how would you share that that has helped? Yeah, no, life? she's my stability. And I, it's funny because we, I know we've talked a lot, even with how God has brought about our, our wives into our lives, that, that for me, she's the, I always say she's the, the anchor to the kite is <laughs> she's an anchor in the ground and I get to fly and, and, and she's, she's that. And then we watched a surfboard movie just yeah. recently. And it was this idea that these giant hundred foot waves surfers were riding and the surfer was don't giving all the praise to the wave runner driver that drives him on the wave. And he goes, I, I have so much respect because he never gets to ride the wave. Mm. But if you talk to him, he has that much joy just watching me ride it. And he's in charge of saving my life when I fall. And I'm sitting watching this and I just start tearing up because I feel like God basically whispered, that's your wife. Mm. That is, that's the calling. And she never got to ride the, ride the wave. And, and to be like, wow, you want to talk about self-control. It's never been about her. She is my backstage, you know. And she deals with all the crap. <laughs> Sorry to yeah, say. Yeah. But, but she deals with all those emotions when I'm coming home. And I, I'm not perfect. Of course I deal with anxieties. Of course I deal with uh, people-pleasing and self-doubt. But it's that anchor that says, no, you got this. We got this. Yeah. Well, in, in the in the chapter on self-control, I, I think just what you're talking about, this re, this is so interesting. It says, um, and this is a conversation with you, Bernie and Nestor, but it's about um, independence versus interdependence. Hmm. And, you know, we were talking, you were talking about how um, self-control is the fruit that all others filter through. And this is talking about sort of like individual pillars all sharing the distributed weight Mm. and that's what it reminds me of when you're talking about christy and your family and even your Mm -hmm. you know your mom and dad and it's like you're not there by yourself even though those self-controls those are personal decisions but you are interdependent Mm. to fulfill your calling yeah and i so appreciate that Mm -hmm. about you. you And I'm um, just that that is what helps you to stand. Yeah. And that those circles, I, I do believe the the morph, uh, you know, if we're defining success as like fame, power, money or whatever on those worldly terms, those circles and those pillars can get so much smaller and so many less because you lose people on the on the on the ride. That's the mm. one thing. I, I, I spoke once about when you climb a mountain, the oxygen thins. And you got a base camp and some people don't make it to that next level. And so I humbly am thankful to be paired up with someone who can breathe thin mm. oxygen because that's not, that's not everyone's. And you have to respect that partnership. I mean, at least when I talk about the actual marriage aspect, when I have friends that feel called to hire than their spouse, I'm like, I don't know that that's biblical. <laughs> I don't know either. You got to come down or they got to come up, but you're not, you're, this isn't supposed to happen this way. And so I've always said she has the pull string mm. that, that this ever gets too crazy. Christy has a pull string. Um, to end it all. If, I, if Nate, you're gone too much. I can't do this without the, with you being gone this much from the kids. We have moved. I've moved. You know, I'm 3,000 miles away from LA right now. So there's a lot of self-sacrifice on my to to keep it to make it work to what we needed as a family. But then I say she's never pulled that cord once, and she is my biggest fan right now. Mm-hmm. And if I asked her tomorrow, I think she'd be like, "Well, we're going back to LA. <laughs> this COVID yeah. thing's thrown everything <laughs> off." Let's go, kids. <laughs> We're missionaries. <laughs> wow. Well, part of the prayer here at the end of the vows is this. Teach me the power of self-control 
Help me to guard my affections. Help me to seek your will and purpose as I face any obstacle or situation. Thank you for developing in me a constitution built upon these pillars. May the seven pillars guide me as a compass, and may mm. the seven vows destroy the enemies of promise. Wow. Would you pray for us, Nate, as we close? And yeah. just, uh, you've lived what many would consider the promised land. Aww, yeah. And it's so mm. wonderful as, uh, as you tell us that <laughs> we, we live in the land of promise. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. Oh, Lord. Well, thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank you for Carol and Dad, just in their time and effort into it to just uh, spread truth and wisdom. And um, I just, I, I feel called to even when, when Dad said the word compass, that's a, that's a word that means a lot to me, um, a small device to give direction. And uh, we live in a world of GPSs where, where it's pretty easy to get someone's opinion on when to turn left, when to turn right, where, how fast should I go, how slow should I go. And you gave me a word a while back where he goes, you know, you've been doing great with this GPS. I want to see what you can do with just a compass. And uh, I pray that over this audience and whoever's listening, that that is what self-control is. It's when we, we back ourselves off. We actually say no to the talents that we have. It's, it's, uh, it's like boxing with our opposite hand that we're going to say, you know what? I see my weakness and I'm going to rebuild. I'm going to restructure and I'm going to learn to tell direction just by just by this tiny little compass. Um, and I pray that. I pray that everyone hearing this will, uh, will be inspired by what God can show you and, and what a big sky there is when we look up to him uh, rather than uh, rely on, on the things that we've become used to. Just what else has already led to us uh, to success mm. and help us to define success correctly. That it isn't about what we achieve, it's who we are while we achieve it. Mm. That that's all that matters character and integrity will be the greatest influence of all influencers um that's all i cling to and that's that's my that's been my walk i know that there are people that could not be impressed by anything but my greatest influence has been i can't believe you said no to a job or i can't believe that you have an integrity like that and uh so that's what I just pray for, that people will realize the, the distinct definition of what true success is. Amen. Amen. Well, Carol, that brings us to the end of the seventh vow. I commit to have self-control and resist the enemy of excess. Please visit us at www.lored.org for more values-based leadership material. And if you've enjoyed this program, please sign up for the weekly downloads and share this podcast with your friends.